Let's pray together, please. Heavenly Father, help us to have real joy. Help us to find the joy that so often eludes us, that we won't live underneath your desires for us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Well, maybe you could tell from that prayer, today I want to talk about joy. You know, there is a something that many of us have noticed as we have gone overseas and visited Christians who live under persecution, Christians who live in places of poverty. It is really a peculiar phenomenon. When you go to places like India or Nepal or Ecuador and you f- discover people, Christians who are more joyful than Christians in America, and it's, it's just remarkably so. And it causes us all to ask, why is it that somebody in India who's living in poverty, you can't say, well, it's because it's because they live and they have you know, more money. You know, financially, they're doing so much better. You know, the Marxists would say, how can people, how can you be, how can anyone be happy as long as there's financial inequity? Well, those people are experiencing the worst of financial inequity, and yet they're more joyful than Christians who live in than some Christians who have upper-class experiences in the United States. Middle-class, whatever, lots more money than they do. You can't say, oh, it's because they're not in poverty. Neither can you say, oh, it's because they live in a Christian culture. India is 2% Christian, and Nepal is 10% Christian. I mean, these people are living in persecution. You meet people, I, I, I remember the first time I went to India and met people who had experienced all kinds of persecution, who'd had friends and family members who'd been killed by Hindus because of their refusal to not deny their faith in Jesus. And yet, on top of it all, they're still more joyful than so many Christians. They're still more eager to worship. I mean, their worship services are just like alive. I mean, men coming in like singing from the top of their lungs for the glory of God. And it just kind of makes you wonder, how is it? that these people have more of the joy of the Lord than people have in the United States who have lived in a Christian culture and have so much more money and have life that's so much more, so, so easier and so many fewer afflictions. Why? Why do they, why do we lack the joy that they sometimes have? Well, I don't know that I have all the answers to that. But I'm suspicious that some of the answer comes in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, when Jesus says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Jesus states that in a different kind of way in Matthew 10, 39, when he says, everybody who finds his life will lose it. Anybody who loses his life because of me will find it. Jesus says those kinds of statements over and over and over again. Why is it that Christians in the United States so often struggle for the joy that Christians in places of poverty and persecution have in abundance? I'm suspicious that to some degree it's because Christians in America tend to come to Jesus to use Jesus for what they can get out of Jesus. While Christians in persecution are not coming to Jesus because they're hoping for an easier life now. They're not coming to Jesus because they're expecting uh, 
less poverty and less persecution. They're coming to Jesus because Jesus Christ is true, because Jesus Christ is Lord, because Jesus Christ is God. And one day we're going to stand around his throne and worship him, not because he makes us happy or gives us money, because of who he is, Lord of all, creator of all. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's a listing of the great people of faith. And the Bible is commending them for their greatness and faith. Never once does it say, you know, and, and Abraham was great in his faith because he was looking for the blessings that Jesus could give him here. Because he was looking for, you know, or, or you know, or, or, um, or Enoch or others, you know, or, or Moses, because they were, they were looking for the blessing they could receive from God in this world. No, all of them, they are praised for being people of great faith because this world was not their home. Not because they weren't looking for advantages here in this world. They were li living for a home in heaven that is secure, a glory that is real and never ending. Why is it that we sometimes, here's the challenge. Are you coming to Jesus for what you can get out of Jesus? Because you want this transaction with Jesus where if you come to him, he's going to give you stuff, including happiness. Or are you coming to Jesus primarily because he's Jesus? He's Lord. All glory belongs to him. And when you come to him, there are these benefits of coming to him because he is real. He does bring you joy. He does give you forgiveness of sins. He does give you eternal life. He does give you meaning. He does give you hope. But you don't come to him for what you get out of him. You come to him because he is Lord of all. That's the key to the core of joy. C.S. Lewis said it brilliantly at the end of his book, Mere Christianity. He says, there must be a, a real giving up of self. You must throw it away. Again, the words of Jesus, whoever wants to, whoever seeks to find his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. C.S. Lewis is saying you have to really want be willing to lose up, lose your whole life for his sake. Blindly, so to speak, he says, give it away blindly. Christ will indeed give you a real personality, real life. But you must not come to him for the sake of that. As long as your own personality is what you're bothering about, you're not going to him at all. The very first step is to try to forget about the self altogether. The, your real new self will not come, and the, the life that you really want will not come as long as you're looking for it. It will come when you are looking for him. Does that sound strange? Lewis says the same principle holds true for everyday matters. Even in social life, you will never be You'll never make a good impression on others as long as you're focusing on making a good impression of others. He says, um, 
uh, even in literature and art, no man bother, who bothers about originality will ever be original, whereas, whereas if you simply try to tell the truth without caring two pence about how often it's been told before, you will, nine times out of ten, become original without even noticing it. You know, think about how silly people sound who try to sound profound, and yet people who just try to focus on being clear so often are profound. Again, he goes on to say, the principle runs through all of life from top to bottom. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and your favorite wishes every day. Death of your whole life in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep nothing back. Nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Let me say that again. This is what Jesus means when he says, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whatever, nothing that has not died in us will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. Does that not describe our generation that has abandoned God. It's abandoned Jesus. And the result is hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. We've turned away. We said, we don't need God's morality. We don't need God's direction. We need God's leadership. How's it working for us? But look for Christ and you will find him and with him, everything else thrown in. You want joy? Real joy, as the song saying, wonderful joy. Let Jesus come into your life and be Lord of all. What needs to be surrendered in your life to Jesus? How is it that you are coming to Jesus, not because he's Jesus, but because of what you get out of Jesus? Surrender that to Jesus today and say, Jesus, I come to you simply because you are Jesus. You are Lord of all. You are creator. You are the one who has made my life. You have made my heart. All that matters is you. There is no room for, there is no glory in all of life and all of eternity except glory that belongs to you. And so, Lord, help us to live for your glory moment by moment today. So, Lord, we seek you. And we thank you that when we seek you, you... Lead us like a good shepherd and provide for us what we need. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Find joy. I pray you find joy in Jesus today. If you found this helpful, maybe you have a friend who would as well. Let me encourage you to share it with somebody today. Till next time, let's pray for each other.